Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Bars of Mars. In this episode, I chat with John John Clark again, and it's another fascinating conversation. Uh, John John is at the forefront of the Ethereum network, and he gives us an amazing insight into what quadratic finance and quadratic voting is. It's a fascinating economic uh, or crypto economic model or mechanism rather. And I think there's going to be a lot of innovation built on top of this. So it's going to be fascinating to see what's going to happen with it in the future. But I hope you enjoy the episode and um, learn just as much as I did, because I thought it was an absolutely fascinating one. And we are live. Welcome to another episode of the Bars of Mars, hashtag T-Bomb. And on the line, we've got John John Clark once again. John John, an absolute honor and privilege to have you back. Hey, Marlo, thanks for having me. It's great to be back here. Um, just T-Bomb, I was just thinking about that. As you said that now, mm. the bars of Mars. Okay, that makes perfect sense. That's, I love it, bro. T-Bomb, the T-bomb, bars of Mars. A bit of a ring to it. I, I, when, I mean, it actually started off just with the bars of Mars and then T-Bomb, I was like, that actually sounds quite, quite cool. I could go with that. Very cool. I dig it, 100%. <laughs> Great to be back. Thanks for having me again. Always lucky to chat to you about uh, a wide array of cool things. Absolutely. A lot of cool things going on. A lot of cool things. So particularly the cool thing that we're going to start, we'll dive into today is quadratic finance and quadratic voting. And yeah, that's obviously something that for the listeners out there, John John is semi-genius, um, partly radical and just, yeah, all-time hero. So John John, can you tell us, can you tell us about what quadratic finance is? Uh-huh. Quadratic voting. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm Let's not- do it. Thanks, Marla. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't call myself all of those things, but <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, what on earth is quadratic finance and quadratic voting? I think most people, when they hear the word quadratic, it takes them back to dark places. Um, in school and varsity with, you know, quadratic equations and, and all of that type of stuff. And it's, it, it does have like a little bit to do with that, but it's really not as complicated as it sounds. Um, but but how how it started off, or at least sort of where it was popularized, from my understanding, is in 2018 in a book released called Radical Markets by guys Glenn Wall and Eric Posner. And essentially, this book just talks about how can we better achieve democratic outcomes. Right? You know, is a is a one to one vote. You know, like you have one voice credits and if you cast that that counts as you know one vote if you have 10 votes you cast that and it counts as 10 votes is like a regular vote the best way to achieve democratic outcomes you know yeah yeah um especially in the case where you know you might have um a larger group who are pretty indifferent but vote one way but you have a smaller group who really passionate about a subject um and they think something else, but you know they still get um, outvoted, even though the other people are, are much much less passionate about the outcome. So it sort of allows people to allocate their preferences. But but before we get okay. before we get there, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I said, this it was popularized and talked a lot about in this 2018 book, quadratic voting and quadratic finance and. Basically, it's just people experimenting with different ways of achieving 
outcomes in society, you know? Like, you could have, let's, let's have an example, and, and let's start with quadratic voting, because I think that that's a little bit easier to explain and, and makes more sense well, that's a good in idea. my mind. But I, get, I guess imagine, Marlo, we were in a situation in South Africa where you have a bunch of ministers or members of parliament, officials, etc., and let's just say they have 10 different poli- 10, <laughs> 10 different say it again we all good got enough of those yeah yeah flip that's for sure <laughs> and, and let's say they have to vote on these 10 different policies you know like one is to build more jungle gyms at schools one is to allocate more funding to you know, uh, let's say public health care. One is to carry. Yeah. So like any, any 10 different things, right? And they must now sort of choose between these policies or I don't need, I, I'm probably butchering this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very good with politics. So I don't know the correct terms for all of these things. But just imagine that they had to, they had to vote on these different things, right? Makes sense? Yeah, makes sense. So, anyways, now they have to sort of allocate their preferences and and you have these 10 options and let's say every member of this vote gets 100 voice credits, basically what they call it. And that means you have like essentially, think of it as 100 votes for now, 100 voice credits. In a a normal vote. Yeah, we just get In a normal vote. Yeah, you or or in a normal vote, imagine you got a hundred voice credits, but you could, you know, vote for twenty credits on policy one, you could do thirty credits on policy two, and then, you know, fifty credits on policy three. And that's sort of how your votes would be be divvied up and, and allocated. You could allocate them sort of however you wanted between the 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 policies. Um that's that's how we sort of regularly maybe maybe think of voting, and I think the the issue is um, in these cases that the degree at which people prefer policies is not really captured well in the system. So the the theory behind quadratic voting and what what it actually is it means is if you have these hundred voice credits, um, yeah. that means if for one policy you give it, let's say, nine voice credits, then the actual votes that will go towards that policy is the square root of however many voice credits you've cast for it. So simply, you know, if you cast nine voice credits at policy one, you'll have three votes. If you cast four voice credits at policy two, you'll get two votes. And if you cast... Okay, yes, yeah. And if you cast one voice credit, then you'll still get one vote, right? Because it's the square root. Yeah. Uh, the square root of one is one. Can I just, can I clarify something there? And I think it, it'll, it'll clarify it for me, but as well as the people listening. So it gets more expensive to vote more. So the more you allocate towards one particular vote, so the more credits you, you allocate to one particular vote, the more expensive it becomes to vote for that. In, in terms of the, you know, the amount of, of votes actually taken into account decreases at the more you spend. Correct. Is that correct? 
100%. So that's completely correct. The whole idea is you can impose your opinion or will on which proposal you think should get chosen but only at a, an ever escalating cost, right? So if you cast 100 voice credits, you'll only get 10 votes. But if you cast only one voice credit, you'll still get one vote. So it's sure. that, exp that exponential increase in cost yes. um, to okay. vote for policy more and more. And okay, the then. sort of the theory behind it without getting into too much of it is yeah. the, th the theory is essentially that people who are more educated and passionate uh, on certain policies, mm. et cetera, like policy two or three or something, if they really clued up and, you know, um, passionate about it, they have the ability to vote a lot more for it, but at an increasing cost. So the idea is because it costs so much more to vote something, you will only vote for something with a lot of your credits if you, you know, you're really passionate about it and you believe in it and it's really worthwhile to do so. And in, and in that way, we generally allocate our, our votes more efficiently. And essentially what you have is people who are more experts in topics and who are, who are really passionate about causes will, will vote for things with a lot of their credits and those things will get more likely passed than, you know, a bunch of nonchalant mm. people who, who, really, who would just vote regularly. But having said so, that, yeah, having said that, it also, it also allows still, I mean, it'll take into account the number of people. So let's just say, let's just say we got a group of a hundred people. If 50 mm. people cast one vote for, for one policy, that'll obviously result in 50 credits towards that one policy. So yes, fifty that, votes towards that one. In that case, it still does. It still does cater for, um, I guess you could call it, you know, the the democratic will of the crowd. Hundred percent. But it, at the same time, and and please correct me if I'm wrong. But at the same time, it also enables people that might form a part of that crowd to who who are particularly knowledgeable about something or care particularly deeply about something to have a greater influence if they choose to do so. Yes, 100%, but at an ever-escalating cost. So they can have that greater influence, but it costs more and more, essentially, to, okay. to have that influence. But yeah, you, you've totally hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it's about. And yeah, the whole idea is it's, it's per person, right? So if every person just votes one credit for the policy, it will be the sum of... Uh, one for all of those different people. Whereas, so sorry, let me let me let me say it like this. So if if I as just one person cast twenty five voice credits to policy one, it will only get five votes because it's the square root of that amount cast. Yeah. But if you have twenty five different people each casting one voice credit at policy one then that policy will actually receive 25 votes, even though it's also only technically received the same amount of voice credits. Makes if that makes sense. Makes complete sense. Okay, cool. I, I'm, I'm pretty, like, so you've clarified that up for me and I'm pretty sure that people listening will have an understanding of what it is now. Okay, so I think next, if we could move on from quadratic voting to quadratic finance, just to get a brief understanding. And then also what I'd like to dive in after that is where is it being used now? What are they doing with it now? And then from there, we can see what it might do in the future, where it could potentially be used and 
you know, what, what, what capabilities does it enable us to you know, mm. achieve in the future? So I think if we could follow that, that sort of stream, I think that's a nice trajectory. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so quadratic finance, from what I understand, is, is very useful when it, when it comes to, to funding public goods and, and understanding where to allocate capital based on, on people's preferences and desires and, and things like that. Okay. And there's these guys at um, Gitcoin, which is a platform. Okay. And the, the best way to explain how it works is this Gitcoin platform allows people to list grants. Essentially, you know, hey, I want to build XYZ for the community. If you think what I'm building is really cool, you know, send me $10, etc., and I'm going to start building this. And a whole bunch of people list all of these different grants. Yeah. And besides the direct funding that comes from people, you might say have something called a matching pool of say $200,000. Okay. And you want to figure out based on all the individuals funding these different grants, what is the best way to use this $200,000 to match people's donations and also fund these different grants? And this essentially works in the, in the same way um, as, as quadratic voting, such that, you know, the, the, the simplest way to sort of explain it, the, the naive, trivial way, it doesn't exactly work like this, but if someone contributed $10 towards your grant, yeah. or sorry, let's say $1 towards your grant, then the matching pool would contribute the square root of that. So they would also contribute $1. If someone contributed $100, then the matching pool would contribute the square root of that. So $10 towards your grant. Sure. Okay. So basically how, how the funding and work works in essence is people are, are looking at not just the, the monetary value that people are giving to your grant, but how many people actually want to support this. So if you have a project that's got, you know, a thousand dollars of funding, but from 50 people, as opposed to a project that's got a thousand dollars of funding from only one person, even though one person's given a lot more in the one case, mm. in general, you would think that more people are supporting the other grant because, you know, there's 50 people who are contributing and want things to be done. So the quadratic finance, well, the quadratic funding in this case matching amount would be a lot higher okay so basically so it's the way yeah go for it i could paraphrase that just just to make sure that i'm understanding it correctly it's if if a, a larger group of people don't or contribute um a smaller amount of money the platform obviously wants to um represent the the intent or the, the intentions of its community or, or the the preferences of its community rather and therefore yeah. they put more money towards that project totally that's that's literally the core idea okay okay that makes that makes um that makes logical sense to me that makes logical sense to me it's a bloody miracle <laughs> yeah no that's that's it's 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 super fascinating and interesting and i definitely recommend people reading books on it um that 2018 book in particular mm. it, it gives it gives a good idea and you know there's 
I guess we'll talk about now where it's being used in real life. Yeah, and obviously. Well, I, mm, to start off, I'd obviously, I'd, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, I was, I was before we, before we actually get onto that. I, will, I mean, while we get onto that, I just don't want to miss out an opportunity to find out how you've been using because I know I've donated one die to your project. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. So, and how much? How much yeah. was one die actually worth to you? For sure. So. Um, so how are we using it? The one way is we, we had a grant on this Gitcoin platform and they just ended round seven and they had, I don't know, $150,000 matching pool or something like that. So obviously the more people who contributed mm. that helps just as much as the actual funding they contribute, because then you have more people who are interested in what your project's doing. So we, we had a grant there and just by you giving $1, that probably was matched by, you know, around $20 of funding from the pool. Amazing. So even though you were giving not so much, it got matched a lot because yeah. it essentially showed that more people want to support that. Absolutely. And, you and know, a big... Who, who's actually, in your case, who is, who is funding that? Like, who is doing the matching pool? Is it, is it Gitcoin, the company itself? Or is it someone yeah, so so as far as I'm aware, I think it's Gitcoin. I think it's Consensus as well. I think it's Vitalik. I think it's a bunch of people who put in funds who want to who want to make funds available to fund community projects, and this is one of the most efficient ways to do it, essentially, and allocate that funding. It's epic to see that. It's actually it's it's really really awesome to see that, you know communities like you know especially in the in the blockchain space that are they you guys are playing with with uncharted territory here you know i mean it's not profitable at this point or not hugely profitable at this point in time for the majority of people um you know so i think it's really epic that there's financial support it's awesome yeah no it's 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 really cool so yeah that that's always been super fun experimenting with and then I guess let's talk about quadratic voting and, and where it's being used. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the idea is quadratic voting will get used, like, as I said, in sort of situations in parliament, et cetera, where people, you know, have different things that they want to impose or vote on. And this actually allows people best to do that. So as far as I'm aware, I think there has been actually one or two experiments where it was actually conducted in, in some governance structure in Argentina where they actually used quadratic voting, which is really cool. That's awesome. Um, to agree on some decisions. Um, otherwise, not in actual parliament, but in the blockchain space where it's, where it's happening is we actually use quadratic voting um, to help fund endangered animal conservations and hmm, and how that works is we essentially have a bunch of funds that get generated every month through a few animals um, on on this platform this through wildcards wild okay. yeah this is through wildcards and let's just say a couple hundred dollars get generated every month and at the end of the month or any time during the month, anyone who's part of sort of the wildcards um, DAO, which essentially just means if you're part of our DAO, it means you, you own an animal and you're actively contributing towards conservation. 
you get voice credits or votes depending on you know how many animals you own and how much you've been contributing and you can use quadratic voting to vote on the different animal organizations which you want to fund for that month and so this quadratic voting will award bonus funding of however much to one of our conservation partners what an amazing initiative just a quick little shout out that's wildcards.world Guys, go and visit. Oh, thanks, Marla. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we're using it as a, a platform to, you know, do a lot of experimentation. And that's where, that's one place where it's being used. And otherwise, I think people are looking to use it more and more, especially in, in DAO type scenarios. For those who don't know what a DAO is, it's a decentralized autonomous organization. And essentially what that means is a lot of people are trying to get their community to govern the platform and how it moves forward as opposed to having one big boss at the top who decides X, Y, and Z. So if you have, I don't know, some kind of, let's just say exchange or protocol or something, you will then give your users these sort of tokens or something that maybe represent their right to participate in the democracy and everyone who sort of interacted with the protocol and received these governance tokens can use them in a quadratic voting manner to say, decide for the exchange, okay, um, I want you to either spend time on upgrading your user interface, making the speed of your protocol faster, or making it be less slippage on trades. And you know, everyone who's interacted with the protocol can then through quadratic voting sort of decide what they think is the best thing, you know, the protocol should focus on going forward. That's extremely interesting. Okay, before, before we actually move on, I wanted to ask uh, sort of a, your opinion on, on what could be quite interesting. What happens if South Africa, for example, let's just say South Africa decided that they wanted to give um, every citizen 100, 100 votes and then we use those hundred votes through a quadratic voting mechanism for the general elections. What would happen? Um, that's a very good question. I think right now how it works, obviously you have for every one person, let's just say simply you have one vote, right? So I have one vote. I can vote for the ANC, the DA, the EFF, etc. cetera. Um, if you have a hundred voice credits, that would mean you can actually allocate and split your votes between different parties or candidates. It means you could vote, you know, uh, one vote for EFF or one voice credit for EFF equals one vote, one voice credit for DA equals yeah. one vote, etc. And you could sort of um, split out your preferences. Yeah. And if you feel really, really strong, that's say, I don't know, the, the ANC should win, then you'll give them all 100 of your voice credits and you'll put 10 votes towards them. Yeah. So in, in yeah. this case, I would say most people who vote, I'm not 100% sure actually, I, I'm not sure, but I would say a lot of people who vote have an absolute preference and maybe they'll just cast all of their votes towards one candidate. And if everyone in the world or everyone in the election just casted all their votes towards one candidate with their voice credits, then that would actually 
be the exact same outcome as a regular vote. Yeah. But would, it would be equivalent. Don't you think that it would give people that actually, because I mean, I don't believe in any of the parties. I think they're all shit. So, yeah. you know, I want to, I want to try and hedge. Like if you want to have a, if you want to sort of mm. vote in a strategic way and you're like, okay, cool. Well, yes. if, if the EFF can't be in power, then I'd want the DA to be in power. Or if COVID, yes, yeah. I'd want the ANC to be in power. You could then no, 100%. allocate your, yeah. your preferences. Uh, and, and I think I think that there would definitely be a part of the population that would do that. No, I, I think you're totally right. So, I mean, you could, you could essentially, you know, allocate 19 voice credits. And for each voice credit of those 19, one voice credit, one vote for that party. You could vote for 19 different parties and each give them one vote. And then the party you really like, you could use 81 voice credits. So square root of 81 and nice. you could give them nine votes. And every, so you could, with your 100 voice credits, either give 19 parties one vote and another party nine votes, or you could just give one party 10 votes. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a good way to hedge and yeah, so you, can you know, see. better express the degree of your preference for something, yeah. like how passionately you feel about it. I wonder, I actually wonder who, who like, if let's just say that we wanted to speak to someone in government and like, or, or put a petition together to say, look, we think this is a very cool mechanism. Who yeah. Actually implement it. Do you think that's something that they would take seriously? I think it should be. I, I think so. I think it won't happen because... Yeah maybe the idea of how it works is is complex for people and there'd be a lot of spoiled ballots and you know if if our if our education rates in south africa you know if if not enough people even know what a square root is then it becomes difficult to yeah yeah uh, perhaps that's a, a bit of a barrier yeah absolutely Absolutely. Anyway, I think it's an interesting idea. Okay, cool. So from here, where, where do you think it could be used, for example, in companies or, or, you know, I mean, is there, is there, are we, are we sort of thinking in a box right now? Is there a way we can sort of take a step out of the box and see where something like, like a mechanism like this could be used elsewhere? What potential does it have to actually do something cool? And, and, and yeah, change something drastically totally man i mean so so i've explained a bit how it works in in blockchain but let's for example think how it could work in standard bank and how it could work with companies right love it um let's say everyone who uses the standard bank banking app depending on how much you use the standard bank banking app let's say for every Hmm. hour you use the standard bank banking app per month yeah. or let's say for every 10,000 rand you have in your bank accounts. I don't know. You could choose sort of how you want to define it, but let's just say for every hour you use the app per month, you get a voice credit. So yeah. let's say if I use the app for voice credits before you carry on, where, where does the word voice credit come from? And it, I mean, it's obviously interchangeable with a vote. Or, or no, like so it's, not, it's actually not interchangeable with the vote. That's why I make the distinction. Okay. Because you, you say have 10 voice credits, but if I cast 10 voice credits at one person, that doesn't mean they get 10 votes. 
the voice credits is what you cast and the square root of the voice credits is oh. the votes that they receive. So it's sort of, okay. Okay. So, so voice credit is basically a proxy for your, your preference. Your total, your, your voice credits is your total sort of voting power. Okay. If cool. I give you a hundred voice credits, oh. you can use those how you want to vote at different people. If I get 50 voice credits, I can use those in a way to vote to different people. Is that people. just the name used? It's it's what they used in the um it's what they used in the in the book as far as I'm aware and on the website. So yeah, it's it's the terminology they use. You sort of have to make that distinction because otherwise it yeah. sounds weird. Okay. I cast nine votes at them but they only received three votes. So yeah. it's nice to have a so does does that make sense what it, makes it is? Sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think they should okay, check. Cool. I'm not the biggest fan of voice credits, to be honest. <laughs> um, well, give, give him a proposal. Let's, let's yeah. rally at them. I think so. But, okay, cool. So sorry, sorry to interrupt you. You are on, on the standard bank. No worries, standard bank. Yeah, yeah. So let's say you have three different people. Person one uses the standard bank app for 20 hours a month. They get 20 voice credits. Person two uses it for 10 hours a month. They get 10 voice credits. And person three uses it for one hour a month. They get one voice credit. Now, all of these users, depending on um, what they want to vote for, now Standard Bank might say, okay, for everyone who uses our app, do you want us to make the user experience better? Do you want us to implement this feature, feature A, feature B, or feature C? And everyone who's now got these voice credits from using the app, is able to vote on which feature they want to be implemented. That's really and obviously, the more, the more you use the app, the more voice credits you have. So the biggest say you can have in what feature you think should be brought about in the app. But it's not, it's not the situation where, because I use the app way more than another person, I have a, a massively disadvantaged power because that voting strength is quadratic. And, you know, if you really want to vote for something, um, it's going to be at an ever-increasing cost to cast more voice, voice credits at that option, if you know what I'm saying. Yes, I do. So, okay. Cool. That, that's an awesome, that's an awesome like, use case. I think that's, that's very cool. So I think, yeah, I think that's what companies, a lot of them are doing that in the blockchain space right now. If you use a company's product, yeah, it's essentially these voice credits, and then you can use those to sort of vote in which way you think the protocol should go. Obviously, the more you use the protocol, the more voice credits you get, the, the better say you have in where you think they should go, but it's still a fair say because everything revolves around quadratic voting. The guy who has one vote, it still makes a difference because one vote is still a lot. Because even if another guy has a, a hundred voice credits, he only gets 10 votes, you know? Yeah, that's, that's super interesting. So, I mean, it's, it's like, obviously, it's sort of community-driven product development. Exactly. That, I think that's the, the best use case for it at the moment, or so at least where it's being used currently. Very, very, very cool. I mean, do you think, do you think people would actually engage with that? So let's just, for example, let's just say Instagram, I mean, shit, I would actually do it with Instagram. Like if Instagram, if Instagram offered potential new features, like 
you know what would be actually be a really cool feature on Instagram, I think, is a voice note reply. So like, uh, instead, of yeah. a, instead of just a text comment, you could leave like a voice note comment on someone's picture or whatever it is. I think that's cool. I would vote. No, for that. that is, that is cool. I mean, currently, the voting is a bit difficult and it's costly. Like in the in the blockchain space, for you to actually go cast your vote, there can be quite a friction and it's a bit of a process and it can cost you maybe $2 in, in fees on, on the blockchain network. So I would say, to be honest, it's, it's a bit of a, a schlep at the moment. Yeah. And that's probably why it doesn't have much adoption. But I think if it, if it becomes an easy and cheap way for people to cast that vote, you know, just like something pops up on the app and it takes you 10 seconds, boom, 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 then yeah, they'll do it. For sure, why not? I mean, literally, it could, it could be like a like a rating after a, a Facebook Messenger call. You know, I mean, it just pops oh, up. Oh, exactly. Or like, do you want this feature? You know, what's your rating out of five? 100%. Yeah, no, that's literally exactly what it could be like. That's awesome. Cool. And Sweet. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. literally all there is to it. So I guess the, the last things I would say about people wanting to hear more about it is... Yeah. Google Radical Markets, the book. Um, I think it's available freely online. I must check, but I think it is. Uh, Google Quadratic Voting, Quadratic Finance is literature out there. Google Radical Exchange, they sort of the organization, the, the nonprofit that sort of work on this idea and go take a look. Epic. Do you have a link? Do you have a link that I can post in the, in the bio for the podcast? that has a, a link to your video. You know that video that you sent me? Yes. Yes. Finances. Um, perfect. Yeah, that video is actually for the guys at Radical Exchange who sort of wrote the book and everything. It's busy being edited. So it's, it's not released yet. Um, we're busy putting some edits on it before it will get released to YouTube. So as, as soon as that's released, hopefully it will be before this Oh, probably won't be before this podcast is, but um, <laughs> <That's perfect>. we <can laughs> but we'll we'll, we we'll put a link to something. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll sort it out. We'll make a plan. But, and um, yeah, John, John, I think that that pretty much sums up uh, quadratic finance and quadratic voting. Really, yeah, well. it's it's definitely a space that I'm I'm quite keen to to keep an eye on. I think there's there's a lot that could could come from it. No, it's yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating space and. Oh, who knows? Maybe in two or three months we'll have this conversation again and there'll be some fascinating developments to report back on. I hope so. I hope so. Thanks very much for tuning in. I hope you found that valuable and interesting. And if nothing else, I really just hope it's got you thinking. It's a very, very new technology and I think that there's a lot of space for innovation to be built on top of it and around it, um, whether it be in teams, in an organization, whether it be in organizations themselves, whether it be in government, um, whether it be in e-commerce. Uh, it's, yeah, there's really, there's a bunch of very, very interesting applications and I think that it's definitely a space to watch. If you enjoyed that, Please share it with a friend or a family member or anybody else that you think might um, gain some value from it. 
and I will see you on the next episode.